Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Cynthia Walker. Cynthia, thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. You have a new book out. Just wanted to say congratulations. It's called The Junkyard Elf, War of the Mockingbird. Cynthia, can you tell me about this? Yes. So this is a children's book, and it's about a little elf that lives in a junkyard, and all the little critters in the junkyard are his friends, and there's a new enemy in the junkyard who seems to be attacking his friends, and Elf has decided that he's the one who is going to protect his friends from this mockingbird, which is the enemy. An elf in the junkyard. Cynthia, where did this idea come from? So all of my ideas come from, well, what I do is I just pray. I ask the Lord for inspiration, and He gives me the ideas. Hmm. He gave me the idea of, I asked Him for a second, this is the second book that I wrote, I asked Him for another idea. He put the image of a little elf in a junkyard in my mind, Hmm. and then I asked Him, what's it going to be about? And He put the image of a mockingbird in my mind, and immediately I remembered several years ago, I was living in a house, And every summer, there was a pair of mockingbirds that would come and nest in the backyard. And I had neighbors who had dogs and cats. And (laughs) whenever they would come in the backyard, the mockingbird would attack them. So I immediately knew this book is going to be about the elf protecting his friends from this mockingbird. And once you sat down, started writing this book, Cynthia, how long of a process was it for you? So to actually write the manuscript took me about two weeks. And then it took me about a month to sketch out the illustrations. Well, Cynthia, after all that hard work, you get your first copy in the mail, and you see this thing, you get to hold it in your hands for the first time. What kind of moment is that like? So because when I first started writing, I had just got back from China, and I asked the Lord, what's my next step? And he told me I was going to be a children's author. He gave me the idea for the first book, and then I asked for this idea. So when I got it in the mail, for me, it was just an overwhelming sense of thanksgiving, just Mm. thanking God for giving me this idea and causing it to come to fruition. A lot of people listening to us right now, Cynthia, are authors just starting out. So based on everything that you've been through, everything you've learned along the way, what advice would you have to offer? So every step of the way and every decision I make, every obstacle that I come to, I always just stop and pray and I ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. He guided me to the publisher. He guided me with the ideas. He guided me every step of the way just because I would stop and pause and ask and wait for the answer. So that is definitely my advice. If you don't know what to do, just pray about it and wait. He doesn't always answer immediately, but if you just wait on him, wait on the Lord, he will guide you through it. That's great advice. Cynthia, what are the chances we're going to see a third book published from you? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm just trying to find some illustrators. Fantastic. Is it a continuation of the Junkyard Elf kind of thing? I've actually so far written five books. This is the first one to be published. Oh, wow. I do have two more ideas for the Junkyard Elf. I haven't written the other two, but there will be two more eventually, yes. Hmm. 
What would you say was the most challenging thing along the whole way for you, Cynthia, either during like the writing or the publishing? What did you find the most challenging part? For me, I think it was just trying to get those images in my mind down on paper. So (laughs) it's so difficult because I'm not an artist. So I struggled a little bit trying to make it look like what I was seeing in my mind. And then I finally had to pray about that. And I had to let go of everything that I couldn't get perfect. And when you look back over the whole thing, Cynthia, to you now, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a published author? I think just knowing that what I put out there reflects what is in the Bible, what is in my heart, and what God has put in my heart. And I'm just grateful that I'm able to share a little bit of my knowledge of the Lord with children. Because I think kids especially, they need a bridge. They need lessons to learn how to come closer to their Father in Heaven. And that's my goal as a writer. Well, this book has such a great message. I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy this. The title is The Junkyard Elf, War of the Mockingbird. It's written by Cynthia Walker and published by Covenant Books. And you can find it everywhere, of course. So go to Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble or iTunes or traditional brick-and-mortar stores. You can get this book. Cynthia, it's been wonderful speaking with you here tonight and hearing all about this book. Thanks again for joining me. Well, thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Confronted by His Love. It's the new book in stores now, written by Christy Cison. And Christy is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable to talk all about the book. Christy, thank you. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting. You have this book out, Confronted by His Love. Christy, what did you write about here? Well, Confronted by His Love is actually a memoir of me and my family's walk with God. We do know God, but we don't have that kind of a relationship with Him. So up until, you know, God really caught our intention, and then we were in that journey with Him. And then He just showed us so much of His presence in our lives, you know. Mm. We have three kids. My daughter, she was 16, and my other son, Lance, who has had kidney problems, and I have a kid with special needs. So then eventually, my daughter, she was diagnosed with leukemia, and it was a very fast thing. And then she died due to that disease. But I'm sorry. God was there, you know. We don't know him, but we felt his presence, you know. He lifted us up so much so up until now. Christy, what persuaded you, what inspired you to sit down and start writing this book and have it published? So as we go there, you know, I'm from the Philippines, and I'm born and raised there. Hmm. And we moved in here like nine years ago, like two years after my daughter passed away. And coming here, it's not easy, you know, if you're, if you're uh, you know, new environment, everything's new, the pressure and everything. So I was going through seasons in our life. So coming out from my, what I describe in my book, my coldest, you know, and, you know, worst winter of my life. After that, I had a session, a therapy session or, or a counseling with my pastor. Mm. We were Christians now. And then he encouraged me, you know, sometimes to, to go through your the one season in your life, you have to look back of what God did for you. Mm. And that's what I started writing down, you know, writing down the, everything. And it lifted me up. Sure enough, you know, because it was a hard time that we don't know if we're going home. I mean, meaning our immigration status here was not solid yet. So it's like we're going home tomorrow or are we staying? So everything's so, you know, not clear. So I have to hold on to something and I held on to what God has done to our lives. So I started writing it down. And sure enough, it helped me through to all the sessions and to all the seasons. 
And what we did was, uh, me and my husband, you know, started, you know what, this could be something that someone could need, you know. Mm. Someone might want to hear if you're going through a very rough time in your life. So I started writing it down, first without the intention of really publishing it. And I give it to the Lord, Lord, if this is your will, then let it be done. And I wrote this for three years. (laughs) And at the end of those three years, what was it like when you finally got that one, that physical one, and you got to hold your book for the first time? Oh, it was like such a blessing because Mm. I prayed for it. I told, you know, I asked for a very specific sign from the Lord if he wants this published. And that would be if my husband would really want it to be published. Because if you're going to read the book, you will see the very obvious reason why he doesn't want it out. Because it speaks so much of our private life. But I can't, you know, cut out those private things. Because if it's where God really was, she really showed us like, hey, believe in me, trust me. And so we did. But it is not something that is easy to share. But I told my husband, if I'm going to write this, I'm going to write it how God did it for us. So he said, Lord, if this is going to be published, let him be on board to this. And he did. One day he just said, you know what? Let's publish the book. (laughs) Wow. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing and publishing? No, this is my first time. I'm not a writer, and and I have not done anything like this, no. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm sure you'd learned a lot along the way then. Is there anything that you could offer as advice to the other authors out there just starting out? Well, if this is something about the Lord, of course, just pray about it. Just continue asking for guidance. And if you're writing a story about, of course, like about God or, you know, sharing your faith to others, it should be how God wants it to be written, not how we want it to do. You know, just be guided by the Holy Spirit. Pray the whole way through it. Well, this book, I think, is going to be such a blessing to so many people. Again, the title is Confronted by His Love. It's written by Christy Cison, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And, of course, you can find it everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Christy, thank you again for coming on the show with me. Tell me all about this book. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. This book I'm looking at encourages readers by recounting the author's own healing journey. It's titled Turning Trials into Triumph. It's written by Roger L. Wade, and Roger's right here with me now. We get to talk all about the book. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I certainly appreciate your time tonight, Roger. Can you tell me what you've written about in turning trials into triumph? What can readers expect? Well, it's just like you said, it's all about my life growing up with ADD and other trials that I've been through in my life. It's mainly just about that. It's about how I grew up. Hmm. What sparked you to write this and have your story published, Roger? I've had a lot of people that I've talked to that kept saying they wanted me to write. I should write a book about my life because it's so amazing, Mm -hmm. but I never got that far. One day I was talking to my partner, Jeannie, and she said, seriously, you should write a book about your life because it'll help people out there. And I said, well, let's do it. So uh, we did it. Now, before you did this one, Roger, have you ever written or been published before? No, no, not at all. So how long did this take you once you sat down and started writing it? Approximately about close to eight years. And after all that time and all that work, Roger, when that book finally came in and you got to hold it in your hands for the first time, your name's on the cover of this thing, what was that moment like for you? 
it's kind of hard to say what I felt like because when I saw my name on the cover, believe it or not, all I could see was tears. It was just, it was, it was amazing. I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way of writing and publishing this first one, Roger. Do you have anything you picked up along the way that you could offer as advice to the first-time authors listening to us? All I can tell other authors and other people that are thinking about writing a book is once you start, don't quit. It's a hard thing to do because you have to remember a lot of things in your life. And there's a lot of things that I tried to forget, but it didn't help, so I went ahead and wrote the book anyway. But all I can tell others is is just don't quit. Don't get discouraged and disgusted and just throw it away. Keep going. Keep going. Because I stopped many times Mm. because I I couldn't think about what I did in my past. But thanks to to my partner and my mom, both, they kind of kept pushing me until I finally finished the book. Roger, what do you think about the chances of writing more in the future? Do you think you'll publish another book? Probably. My big problem is I have ADD and I can't read. I, I read and I read the same thing over and over again mm. and just want to put it down. So it takes me a long time to get my head going where I can actually think about what I'm doing. I want so bad to help other people. I've talked to over 200 people already that purchased the book. And they have told me their own words how great the book was and how I saved their lives and how I've changed their lives just just by reading my book. Wow. Every time somebody tells me that, my heart gets bigger. Roger, would you say that it was those people who deal with ADD? Were those the primary readers that you were writing for? I think there's a lot of them, but there's all kinds. It's not just ADD. It's it's a lot of different physical aspects that people are going through in their life. I had one lady tell me that all of her life she's had a hard time doing this and doing that. She said that once she read my book, she said she realized that her life wasn't as bad as she thought it was. Mm. And it kind of made me feel good, but in a way it kind of made me feel bad. I would love to get it out into the schools and help the kids that they have no idea what they have. They don't have no idea that they even have ADD. I didn't know until I was in my 60s. It needs to get out to the parents, the teachers, the kids. I've sold copies to teachers, and they told me that they was going to try and get a grant so they could get it in the schools because they felt like the book would help a lot of people out there. Well, I think a lot of readers are going to be encouraged and helped by this book. It's titled Turning Trials into Triumph. It's written by Roger L. Wade. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can get it everywhere. So get on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, or walk down to your traditional brick-and-mortar store, and you'll be able to get this book. Roger, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me about your story and about this book. I had a really nice time chatting. Well, thank you for having me. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Vicki Lynn Thomas. Vicki, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you taking out some time to tell me all about your new audio book. It just came out. It's called The Three-Strand Chord of Active Relational Christian Mentoring, Women Mentoring Women with Christ at the Center. Uh, Vicki, what can readers expect here? Well, it's a book about how Christian women who are wanting to find some time to serve the Lord 
can find a way through mentoring to serve him with the energy and the amount of time they have. It has a lot of information in it, especially stories about my own personal mentoring. It is one of those books that kind of grabs you from the beginning and then takes you right on through into the how to do Christian mentoring. Hmm. And this book, I take it, is aimed primarily at Christian women, right? It is, but it's one of those books that a man could read it. My husband says he was really sorry that I named it just for Christian women after reading it. But I had a particular audience that I wanted to address, and so that's what I did. But men could also read it and learn a lot about Christian mentoring. Vicki, how did the idea for this book come about? Uh, What inspired you to write this? Well, actually, it was a couple of things. The Holy Spirit grabbed my heart one day. I was working on a pamphlet for the church on mentoring, and the Holy Spirit just kind of grabbed my heart to tell me that I needed to do more than just a pamphlet. I needed to actually do a book. And so I didn't think I had it in me. I never considered being an author, but I sat down at the computer and I started just writing, and it just seemed to flow. What I didn't realize is that along with the information that I had collected for the pamphlet, I also had all these mentoring experiences that I'd had in my life. And so that was the beginning of the book, and then it just kind of flowed from there. Now, this was your first book, Vicki. Did it take you a really long time to write then? Yes, it did. You're going to be kind of shocked, I think, about how long it took. <laughs> 13 years. Oh, wow. I had several medical issues that came along the way. And so I wrote the book in between recuperating from several things. And it just seemed that every time I was able to get back to it, it just continued to flow. But I could never quite get to the end of it until the 13th year. And I did it then. And I was really thrilled that I'd finally gotten through it. Do you think you'll be doing more writing in the future? Well, maybe. I know I've got another book in me. I just haven't had the time presently, Mm. but I'm really thinking about it. And now that the audiobook version is out, Vicki, what was it like hearing your book as opposed to reading it off the page? Well, it was really kind of amazing because I know there are a lot of people out there who really don't like to pick up the written word, so to speak, and read, but who would rather put an audio book on and listen to it on their way to work or when they're doing something around the house. So when I heard the voice on that was being recorded for that, I was like, oh, that's great. That's exactly how I wanted it to be how it to come across. And so I'm hoping that when people actually start listening to it, that they will feel the same way, that it just kind of grabs them. Hmm. Well, we have a lot of first-time authors listening right now, Vicki. Do you have any advice, anything you picked up along the way that you could throw out there for them? Yes, I think that they need to write what they know about and that whether it is a fiction book and they need to use their imagination, that they can always draw. Remember, they can always draw from things that have happened in their lives. That can be a really strong starting point for any story. We all live different lives. We all have unique experiences, and those experiences can really be adapted to whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Well, this is an audio book I think that will bless a lot of people. It's titled 
the three-strand cord of active relational Christian mentoring, Women Mentoring Women with Christ at the Center. This is written by Vicki Lynn Thomas. This is published by the Audiobook Network, and you can get it everywhere that you get audiobooks. So go on over to Audible, the Apple iTunes Store, or Amazon, and you'll be able to find it. Vicki, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me about this book. I had a nice time chatting with you. Well, thank you so much. I had a nice time talking to you, too. The book I have here now takes readers on a fairy tale adventure in their imaginations. It's called Cat Tales, Legends of the Twelve Gates, Book Two. This is written by Max West, and right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, we get to talk all about this book with the author. Max is right here with me now. Max, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time, Max. First of all, this is book two, so can you kind of catch us up with the Cat Tales series and then go into detail maybe about book two here? Sure. Cat Tales is a series of stories about a mother cat telling stories to her kitten. And those stories are about life lessons, like how to give good gifts to someone less fortunate, how to be less selfish, maybe about how to clean up around the home when you're not helping out enough. And so that's why they're called Cat Tales. <laughs> it's a play on words. And the first book had two small tales inside of them. Each book will have two tales in each book for a total of five altogether. Eventually, this is the second in the series of the books. The first two told about the bird who didn't want to help out the family. And the second one was about a snow globe who didn't think that they were a good enough present. This book tells about a young lady who didn't appreciate tradition that she was having in her family, and she learned that lesson about how to appreciate it once she was sent away and had to return home. The second story is about a young lady who is a little selfish, a little self-absorbed, and had to learn that lesson, how to appreciate what's in front of her all along. So I got the ideas for these stories growing up and hearing these stories in my family, thought I'd bring them to life and put them in a series of stories. Max, what kind of readers were you writing for? The ones that would most appreciate this is 7-year-olds to 12 to 13-year-olds. That was the age that I started reading those type of stories. Charlotte's Web, Alice in Wonderland Through the Looking Glass, those type of adventures. So it kind of falls along those sorts of lines something that maybe the parents can read to their children or something that they can read on their own. Mm. It's not too hard for them to read. It sticks them into their imagination. And it also brings a couple of words of a foreign language. Each book will have one or two words in it that introduces the child to a foreign language because each story will take you to a different land so that they can get an introduction to those foreign languages as well. Mm. Max, before book one, had you ever written or been published before? No, no, actually, I had not. This was something that I just decided to do on the whim. I've always been an artist. I've always drawn. And I even had one or two small art shows locally here in my hometown, Sacramento. Hmm. But I just decided to just put them together during the pandemic and decided, well, why not just publish a children's book? And then as I started getting all of my drawings together, they just fell along into just one or two books. I just started collecting so many. And the story just came to me. I just decided, you know what? This is going to be really lovely. Just get it out there. It's something for the children and work along their imagination. So it just came together all like that. You know, a lot of people listening are also first-time authors, Max. Is there anything you learned along the way that you could put out there as advice for them? Yes, yes. You know, just enjoy the journey. 
It is a lot to take in the first time because, you know, you have to really have a lot of patience and you have to trust the journey. Don't think that, you know, it's going to be overwhelming or anything like that. It is a process. Just, just you know, relax. Go with it and don't doubt yourself. Don't, don't think that it's going to be too much of an undertaking. It's not. And you will get to the end of the road. That book will be there. And just seeing it in a store, just seeing it online, just having it in your hand, and especially in a child's hand, you're going to feel fantastic. It's just a wonderful experience. And I am so excited because this is now my second book. So I'm getting to that series of five. I can't wait till I get to that last one where I can just finally say it's now going to be in a bound copy. And so it's just, I just look forward to it. I really do. Hmm. Well, I think a lot of children, a lot of people are going to find joy in this book. It's titled Cat Tales, Legends of the Twelve Gates, Book Two. It's written by Max West. It's published by Newman Springs Publishing. And of course, you can find it everywhere. So go on over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores. You'll find this book there. Well, Max, thank you again for coming on the show and telling me all about your work. I had a nice time talking with you. Oh, you as well. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Enjoy your day. If you're caught in the midst of anxiety or maybe dealing with trauma, things can often seem hopeless. And this next book that we're going to be talking about looks to encourage you. It's titled Anxiety and Trauma Recovery Book. It's written by Dr. Janine M. Donarski. And we get to talk all about this. Janine is right here with me now. Janine, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very pleased to be here. I'm pleased to be speaking with you now. Can you tell me, Janine, all about Anxiety and Trauma Recovery Book? Well, I can give you a little bit of a snippet. If I did all of it, I think we'd be here for a few hours. But (laughs) (laughs) the Anxiety and Trauma Recovery book is a book that will help step clinicians through the process of helping their clients take back their lives and reduce their anxiety and symptomatic responses to trauma. It provides real-life stories of clients who have struggled with anxiety and trauma and the steps taken to help them to feel more in control. And if someone is not a clinician and they are a layman individual, you know, just a normal person who is struggling with anxiety, I've written it in very simplistic terms so that anybody can follow it. So if someone wants to treat it as a self-help book, they can actually do that as well. Janine, what sparked you? What gave you the inspiration to write this? Well, I have been working as a clinician. I have a social worker degree. I have a PhD psychology degree. And for over 20 years, I've been in the field working with individuals who have anxiety, who have been dealing with traumatic responses. And I have also been a speaker and a presenter for PESI, which is a company that provides continuing education credits for professionals. And I would travel and train other professionals on how to reduce anxiety symptoms. So many of these individuals, whether it's the people I'm training or other clients, have literally asked me, when are you coming out with your own book? (laughs) So when the pandemic hit, I started working on it and completed it in late 2022. Was that a laborious process for you? Was it difficult or was it a fairly easy thing for you? Well, it rolls off my tongue easy when I'm talking with someone. I can go into my discussion and and explain it all like really quickly and get into a person's need and help them understand it. Hmm. But putting it into a book and putting it in a way that anybody who picks it up and can read it and understand it would be able to make sense of it, that was more challenging. It actually took me almost three years to complete the book. 
it must have been a really, really special day whenever that first physical one came in and you got to hold this thing in your hands and look at your name on the cover and everything. What was that like? It was really exciting, and I don't want to sound kind of gosh or odd. It might sound a bit that way, but I felt so proud of myself. And honestly, I wish that I could show it to my mother who had passed away over a decade ago. But it really made me feel very, very proud of myself. And anyone who knew my family, my mother, they all said the same thing. They go, wow, your mom would have been really proud of you. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I had a chance to show this to her. It was a wonderful feeling. What do you think the chances are that we'll be seeing more writing from you in the future, Janine? Well, actually, I have two started right now. Oh, wow. I kind of bounce back and forth, yeah, depending (laughs) on where my interest is at that moment. One is on dementia care because I'm also a dementia care specialist. And the other is a more complex story that uses metaphors to bring forward self-awareness and emotional healing, especially when people struggle with controlling and modulating their own emotional state. So again, it's a technique that I developed and I've trained it to a lot of individuals and they've said, you need to make a book on this. Janine, we have a lot of listeners right now who are authors or just starting out in this whole world. So based on what you've picked up along the way, what advice do you have for the aspiring authors? I think the main thing I would say to someone is really pick something that you have a passion for. Because your first book, if you've never done it before, it's going to take you for a ride. And if you do it right, by the end of the time you finish this book, you will be absolutely sick and tired of your own topic. Because you're (laughs) going to read it and read it and read it and read it so many times. Well, what an important book this is. I encourage everybody out there to give this a look. It's titled Anxiety and Trauma Recovery Book. It's written by Dr. Janine M. Donarski. And it's published by Newman Springs Publishing. Of course, it's available everywhere, so jump on over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or iTunes, or take a walk down the street to your local bookstore, and you'll be able to find this book. Janine, thank you again so much for joining me and telling me about this really great work you're doing. Thanks again. Oh, again, and thank you. Absolutely. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable are authors Uriel R. and Carolyn J. Limoco. Uriel, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank Thank you you for having having us. I just wanted to congratulate you both, your co-authors of this book, Under the Pouch of Judas. So can you tell me about the book? What are readers in store for here? You know, I grew up in the Philippines. I was subjected to a lot of the things that happened that took place during the Second World War because I was born in 1935 and the Japanese came to the Philippines to my town around 1942. Most of the information that we have from the Spanish type of occupation in the Philippines are from stories that I have heard told to me and to my brother by elderly aunts and uncles who lived through that area. They were very, very succinct about telling us stories of how they respected the Caucasian friars during the Spanish time. But the Caucasian friars, mostly Franciscan friars, were just bad. They usurped their authority, these Catholic friars have control of the government and control of the even the military. So their whim, they can have anybody, whether or not he's in a higher position in the town, who is not Caucasian or not Spaniard, be beaten up. Wow. 
by the authorities if they didn't do what they wanted to do. The indoctrination by the Catholic priests on the Philippine masses was so pronounced that they were very afraid of their souls being consumed by fire in hell. And if they didn't do what the priests told them to do, including giving up their property, giving up their liberties, giving up their children for sexual pleasure of the priest. So if this is a background, you move on to when the Americans come in to take over. And the Filipinos were delighted that the Americans were a new kind of law and they would treat them well. And this did not happen. Mm. And so that's why we put the book together, that the stamina of the Filipino people is wonderful, that their love for each other is everlasting no matter what, no matter who is the controller. That's the period we wrote about, the Spanish and the Americans. as the early part. The early part, mm. as they came in to take over again. And we just intertwined it with a love story, because there always has to be a love story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> to depict how it really was. And the fun part for me, because being married 59 years to a Filipino, I've learned about the history of the country and the food and how loving everybody is and how everybody is related to everybody, no matter what. It's just like an ongoing tale and how kind and how cruel different people can be. And still, there's that feeling that you must go on, and you will do better, and we can conquer this. Is this a book that took a long time for you to write? Probably a year. Yeah, it took us about a year. So, And the really reason why the impetus to write is because my husband has cancer, hmm. and it's metastasized to his spine, and the doctor said he really needs something to just look forward to, to keep focused. And so I thought, and he thought, and he said, well, let's write books. This is our eighth one. It's exciting. Oh, wow. We banter back and forth. We go, no, no, you can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe we could. let's do this or let's not do that. I think you've lived five years longer than they <laughs> ever thought oh, he wow. would. Oh, wow. That's great. It's because he has this drive to just keep trying to bring a little fun and a little pleasantry and knowledge into the world. I think a lot of people are going to really love this book. Again, it's titled Under the Pouch of Judas. It's written by Uriel R. and Carolyn J. Limoco, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can find this book everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Oh, Uriel, Carolyn, thank you again so much for coming on the show and telling me about this story and about your work. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank well, you for thank having you us. You're quite a gentleman. Quite an interview. Thank you. What's more adorable than a corgi? Well, this book, you just might find that out. It's titled The Corgi Miracle, A True Story. This is written by Tara S. Reidenbaugh, and we're going to talk all about the book. Tara's right here with me now. Tara, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate your time, Tara. Can you tell me what readers are in store for when they open up The Corgi Miracle? Well, The Corgi Miracle is based on a true story that happened a while ago, and it had such an impact on every member of our family. 
as well as friends and neighbors and anybody who saw flyers that showed when he was missing. Mm. And when he came back, everybody celebrated it. So what was that inspiration that made you say, hey, this is a great story. I got to write this. I got to get this published. Well, when he first came back, I had friends who said, you need to write a book. And immediately I was just like, no, I can't do that. And somebody told me, just make some notes and tuck those notes away because one day you're going to make it happen. And so I did that. And I do believe that God kept nudging me along the way over, it was probably a period of eight years before I finally wrote the book. Once you sat down and started writing, Tara, how long of a process was this all for you? It was not long at all. It just flew by. It was as though God had it all coordinated. I just pulled that piece of paper out that had my notes on it and started writing. I had it written probably within five months Mm. and just kept pouring over it and was afraid to do anything with it, honestly. So that was what took the longest part. And the illustrations are just beautiful. Tara, can you tell me about that process? Thank you. Yes. Thomas E. McCrady is a friend of my uncle's, and he's an artist who I was introduced to. And I knew in the back of my mind that if I ever did do a book, I wanted to do it with pen and ink and watercolors. Mm. And that's his forte. So I just let him go. And he sketched and he painted and he asked for photographs of some things. And I was not demanding at all. He had free reign with his creativity and it just tied everything together perfectly. And Tara, I could only imagine the day that you got your first copy in and you got to see the physical product that you've been working on so long. What was that like? It was hard to believe. It was really hard to believe. We celebrated, and it's still hard to imagine that other people are going to appreciate this as much as we do, and to look at the reviews, which is obviously important to help push the book out there, to see the people appreciate it for what Thomas and I had envisioned it for. And every word in this book is true. There is not one bit that is made up. And probably the most inspirational thing when I was coming down the line of, like I said, you know, I just got a whisper every now and then from the Holy Spirit. And the last time he did, I said in my head to him, I was like, okay, as soon as I find my copy of The Velveteen Rabbit, I'll start. And it could be in the attic. It could be in any bookshelf. I have no idea where it is, but I'll look for it. So one day, my kids and I were on the road, and I never stopped at garage sales, but I felt drawn to stop at one, and I passed it up, and then an hour later, we passed it again, and it was still open, and I was drawn to it, and so I said, do you guys mind if I run in there? No, no problem. Got out. So I walked through the garage, and in the back corner, there were stacks of books on a table, and the very top book was The Velveteen Rabbit. So, of course, I bought that, and I just told God, all right, I'm going to do it, because if I didn't, it would be really rude to keep ignoring you. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are really going to be touched by this story. It's titled, The Corgi Miracle, A True Story. This is written by Tara S. Reidenbaugh, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available anywhere, so Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores will all have this book.
Tara, I really enjoyed talking with you tonight here all about your work. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I've got an audio book here now that emphasizes that a properly led team with effective leadership is much stronger than an individual. It's Michael Hall's new book, Leadership, Motivation, Change, the vision for positive leadership for the black community. And Michael, the author, is sitting right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We get to talk all about this book. Michael, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to let the people know about my new book. I appreciate your time. I'm excited to learn about this book. Uh, Michael, what have you written in Leadership, Motivation, Change? I wrote about what I thought was an important step to take in order to help a community grow and to not relive constantly over and over again the same problems and the same mistakes. How did the idea for this book come about, Michael? What sparked you to sit down and get started? It was part of a project that stemmed from me working on my doctorate degree at Walden University and my life experiences. I wanted to see if I could put a book out that would help some people who had some of the same problems that I've been dealing with as I grew up. So what does your writing background look like? Is this your first time publishing? This is my first time publishing. But as I said, I used it, uh, my master's, and then my doctorate, trying to put the thoughts into words. Mm. How long did this whole thing take you, Michael, to get this book published? Well, it's part of the trilogy, so it's been about five years, sir. And that day finally comes, Michael, and you finally get that physical copy in the mail. You get to actually hold this book you've been working on. What was that day like for you? I've never been a father, but I can imagine that it probably felt about the same way. Mm. Something that I had worked so hard on finally was solid, and I could hold it in my hand. And it can certainly be a learning experience, writing, publishing your first book. And, Michael, I'm sure you're well aware of that. So, based on that, what advice would you have for authors who are just starting out? The best word I could use would be patience. Your thoughts how you approach them, how you present them is sometimes a lot different than how it sounds in your head. The old joke is it sounded better in my head. It's 100% true. Sometimes when you express yourself, it's better to have somebody else read it back to you and then you get a chance to interpret what it is you really meant. That's good advice. Now, looking back over it all, Michael, to you, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a published author? myself being relayed to people in a word way. Kind of confusing, though. It's the first time I've ever heard myself outside of myself, if I can use that terminology. (laughs) What was it like actually hearing your book as opposed to reading it? Very strange to hear someone, to hear my thoughts coming out of somebody else's voice. (laughs) But it was refreshing and extremely rewarding. When you were going about that route, getting your audiobook produced, Michael, was that a smooth process? Very, very smooth. They gave me a choice of three or four different people to read. They read different portions of the book. They gave me the choice to pick which one I thought suited and fit my approach and my thoughts. And when you were writing the book, when you were publishing the book and producing the audiobook version, Michael, what would you say was the most challenging part of things for you? The challenging part was trying to put myself in a situation where I could read the book objectively. Because as I said, I knew what I meant to say, and I wanted to make sure that that came across in both the written and the audio version of it. 
And oftentimes when you're driven to write, it also means you might like to read. So, Michael, what kind of a reader would you say you are? Well, my best type of reading, I'm a Tom Clancy fan. Unfortunately, he's passed away. So I tried to get into other authors that were close to his venue, but there aren't too many of them out there like that. I like adventure. I like true adventure, though. James Bond and those are a little bit too far out for me. I know a lot of readers, a lot of listeners will love this book and get so much out of it. I encourage my listeners to check this out. The audiobook is titled Leadership, Motivation, Change, The Vision for Positive Leadership for the Black Community. This is written by Michael Hall, published by the Audiobook Network. So, of course, you can find it anywhere, like Audible or the Apple iTunes Store or on Amazon, anywhere that you pick up audiobooks. Well, Michael, thank you again for coming on the show, telling me all about your work. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate giving me the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Sitting here right next to me at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Betty Fontaine Thompson. Betty, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time, and you got a new book out in stores called God's Hand on My Life. He has never let me go. And I understand that this is the story of God's constant provision in every circumstance of your life, Betty. So can you tell me more about this? Yes. I'm 72 years old, and I've been through a lot of ups and downs in my life, and I decided to write it all down. I didn't write it. I typed it on my computer, and I believe I was inspired by God to do it. Hmm. It's aimed to help people who need to know that God is with them, no matter what they're going through. So it's a book full of hope. Betty, what was that spark that inspired you to say, hey, I got to sit down and start writing this book? Well, to be honest with you, it was the Lord. He has been very active in my life in the last two years, and he just gave me the inspiration to do it, and I just did it. I didn't talk about it with anybody else. I just sat down and did it. How long of a process was this for you to write it and then get it published? Well, it took me just two weeks to write it. It just flowed once I got started. It took over a year to get it all the way published and out with everything that I get with it. I have it as an audio book, as an ebook, and as a paperback book. So it took a year to get it all done. Wow. Then after all that time, Betty, the day comes and you finally get your first copy in the mail that you can hold in your hands. What was that day like for you? That was so exciting. It was just the most rewarding day and gave me a lot of joy and satisfaction. My publisher is wonderful, Christian Faith Publishing, and they've been an excellent publisher. I've enjoyed working with them. Betty, we have a lot of first-time authors listening to us right now that have never been published. Do you have any advice, anything you learned along the way that you could pass on to them? Yes. First, decide exactly what you want to write about. And then I did an outline of what I wanted to write, and it worked itself into my chapters very easily. And then, of course, once you have written it, I sent it out as a manuscript to several good friends and family members to find out if they thought it was worth trying to get it published. And they did. I got great encouragement Mm. right off the bat. And then I wanted a Christian-based publishing company. And I found good reviews of Christian Faith Publishing, 
the people there were so welcoming. I just cannot say enough about the people at Christian Faith Publishing. Betty, would you do it again? What are the chances we might see another book from you in the future? Right now, I don't have another one in me except things have happened in my life since I wrote this. So I thought about an expanded edition, but that will probably be a little bit in the future. I really want to encourage other people to write their life stories. You know, everybody has a life story. And I would like to encourage other people who want to tell about their life to do it. Just do it. And it's a very, very rewarding experience. Can you think of somebody in your life that you look to for inspiration, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff, this stuff you write? Well, my older sister is an English professor, retired, and she has written a book. In fact, all of my siblings have written books or part of books. So I, I think it's in my family. But as far as a person, I would say my mother was my inspiration for the story. She was a great Christian woman who inspired my faith and took me through a lot of the difficult times that I had in my life. But she was really my inspiration, along with my siblings. I know a lot of readers are going to find hope and encouragement in the pages of this book. It's titled, God's Hand on My Life. He Has Never Let Me Go. This is written by Betty Fontaine Thompson. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it anywhere. So head on over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes or even traditional brick-and-mortar stores, and you'll be able to find this book. Betty, thanks again for joining me here tonight and telling me all about your work. I had a nice time talking. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it, too. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m., or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.